You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Rearranger. You feel my Live from Podcast Detroit and Rockin' Royal Oak, Michigan. It's time to take a leap of faith with Jackie, Rocky, Nora, and Gina for some entertainment and inspiration. Join them every Wednesday at noon. You can always find us at PodcastDetroit.com. I gotta ask, what were you born to do? What time is it? It's noon time. Somebody bring me a mirror. <laughs> That's a new word for 2021, Jackie-itis. I have Jackie-itis. I can't get it to post. Rocky, what do I do? That's the new word. That's there funny. You know. <laughs> Uh-oh. I can't help She can't help you, Gina. Sorry. What? What? Hi, everybody. Hi. No. Hi. Hello. Hey, what are you doing? Hi. Okay. Hey. No. Okay. Um, the watch party. You can't do a watch party, right? Am I the only person in the world that can't yes, do a you watch are. party? Yes, you are. Okay. Yes. Are you doing one? Or- I can't because I don't have my tablet, party? so I can't do it today. So, no, oh, okay. not doing one. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, shoot. I forgot to tag you in now, Gina. Sorry. Any, okay. any anyway. Happy- Uh-oh. Hey, guys. Wallace Uh-oh. Internet. You're around over there. Say that again. Uh-oh. They're frozen again. Oh my happy God. happy new year everybody this is happy our first show back we're <laughs> finally back this is our first show yep we missed you guys that sounds like oh, something from bad 80s to home in the 70s so what's going on Oh my God! I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start a prayer right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Our Father, there she is. Oh Hail my Mary, full of grace. Full of grace. <laughs> okay. Are you back? You guys back? Okay. Yeah, this is gonna be a long hour. <laughs> it's gonna be a long one. Yep. Uh-huh. I hope so. Okay, so it's gonna be a long hour. Welcome yeah. to Wednesday. Anyway. Okay, missed you guys. Yeah, um, we missed you too. We haven't seen each other since Christmas. Uh, well, I've seen them since then. I know, I know. But still, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so did we? Did we have a Christmas? (laughs) Did we have a Christmas? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you know what? We We were. We had a small gathering. The people that I normally see. So, were you outside? Were they looking in? On the porch. Yeah. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that makes you feel better. Yeah. My family was on the porch. We, <laughs> you know, we the waved at each porch. other. Yeah. We, 
So. Well, actually, no, because it was tore We're up. We're in right. a double mask, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, exciting oh, times. Uh, let's talk. We have a first dog, first two dogs. Yes, yes, we do. And a cat. And that, I believe the vice president has a cat. Oh, I didn't know about the cat. Oh, okay. I think I, I, think oh, I read yeah. it somewhere. But this is exciting oh, news because the one of the first dogs is a rescue. Right, yes. German right. Shepherd. Mm-hmm. German Shepherd. So yeah, that's yeah. so cool. I love German Shepherds. We have yeah. one growing up. Both of so. our dogs rescue dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anything rescued, special, I'm down with. Special place in our mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I have yeah, eight dogs. Cool. They're all rescued. Imagine going from a shelter to the White House. <laughs> I know, just like that. It's like Liz, yeah. <laughs> you have eight. You have eight dogs right now. Yeah, and I have third. I have. Uh, 10 cats oh, all rescues wow. yeah wow. Yep. Wow. do yep. they all oh. live in your house um two of the crazy dogs live outside because they want to eat cats but that's okay because oh. they came from the worst circumstances but they have a huge acre fenced in along with a big old shelter uh um like a you know an out building that mm-hmm. has straw and hay and heat lamps and stuff like that. And so they have a really good life out there. And then the other guys go in and out. The other six go in and out. And then the, all the cats are rescued that they uh, two only one of them goes in and out. And I just lost one last week. That was really mm-hmm. sad for us. So We've been so Liz, rescuing you animals for 23 a, years. You oh. live in a zoo. Yeah. Basically. Yes. She, she we, lives in a zoo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We love animals. <laughs> Anything that needs a home, we're here to take care of. We're getting a little old though. I mean, like I'll be 60 next year. So we, it's my husband's 60. <sighs> That's not old, but it's a, a, let me just say a shitload of animals to take. Care I, I was of. just yeah. going to say, I was just going to say, Liz, I just turned 60. And, <laughs> yep. and so when you man. said the old word, I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not casting any, anything. No, my husband's six. It's, it's cool. It's just, it's a lot to do. I mean, it's yeah. a lot to do to make it, it like, if you want to have a beautiful home. So you, you know, every day morning, it's a lot of work. And yeah, that's true. It's just a lot of work, mm-hmm. but we're happy yeah. with them. We love our animals. Well, yeah. congratulations on rescuing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. And sure. Wallace, yeah. your two dogs are rescues. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rocky rescued both of them, two different shelters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. yeah. They're, they're just amazing. Our babies. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. You mean the horse and the baby. <laughs> yeah. I got a horse here. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's about 100 pounds. <laughs> yep. so, wow. Aww. Laura, I understand yes. you you started back up with skating. Yes, I hadn't. Yeah, I, I haven't been on a pair of skates last since week? March. Since March, and so I went. Yeah, last week, and oh my God, wow. it was just like, oh, it's so um, refreshing and releasing, and everything is just you're out there in the rink and you're just skating. You're and you're listening to the music, and it's like. The only thing that makes you remember about the pandemic is that everybody has on a mask <laughs> while yeah. we're skating. But yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. I didn't think I could oh, so could good. handle the mask and the skating at the same time, but it, it was great. It was great. Right. I enjoyed it. And my daughter bought me a pair of new now, skates for my birthday. You that once a week, right? Right. Uh, usually on Wednesday nights. Um, oh, but they, nice. Yeah. They added a, another one, uh, an adult skate on Sunday night. So you buy your tickets online and you just show up, you show your phone and they scan it and it's good. You wear your mask and yep. And we're all good. 
So, <laughs> so that was my skate. But I do have a, a pair of new skates that I have to break in because the skates that I've been skating in, I've had for over 20 years probably. And they're, you know, nice and worn and really good. And if anybody that skates regularly knows when you when you get a new pair of skates, we hardly ever want to buy them. That's why they're so old, because it takes so much time to break them in. So I put them on when I got there. I brought both pair because I was like, I already know. So I put on the new ones and I took took a picture and I was looking all cute. (laughs) And I got on the floor and I was like a baby deer. I went around for about uh, maybe about two circles around and I was like, okay, I paid to skate. This is not working. So I went and took them off and I put my other skates on and the rest of the night was wonderful. So (laughs) I got to do that every week. Just like put them on, go around a little bit so I could kind of get used to them, but it's going to take time. And a lot of times people will get blisters and all kinds of things trying to break in a new pair of skates. So and how are they, how are they how different? Are you, how are they different? You said, uh-huh. yeah. Um, it's just because you're not used to the wheels and, um, you know, the, the boot doesn't move like your other boot did, you know, because your the other boot is all broke in, you know, so oh, it's, got it. yeah. it's hard, you know, and then you, of course you don't want to fall because yeah. So you get out there and it's like, I thought I could skate. <laughs> It's like, nope, I got to change these skates. So I took them off and it was like, everybody was like, oh, they're really cool. They're cute. And I was like, they're like, good luck. (laughs) So, yeah. So that was my skating adventure. (laughs) Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Rocky, you've had an exciting uh, experience this past week. Word on the street is that you are now an official Pistons. Yeah, I joined the team so <laughs> last Friday, yeah. Monday, uh-huh. the team to a you know big win against Philadelphia. Oh, I think, um, that's great that you knew what team. <laughs> I saw make sure I wasn't one hundred percent. No, but yeah, I sang the anthem this week. Mm-hmm. So great job! By Thanks. the way, it that was, was wonderful, was amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah. I taught her um, everything she knows. Yeah, so yep. It was really cool. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. My real mom. Uh-huh. Thank yes. you. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> what was You're it welcome. like though? Right. Yeah. So, um, so they're all pre-taped right now because all of their performances are taped ahead of time because of COVID right. restrictions. You can't be. But you got invited to the game. Yeah. So then, um, so then they told me the night before that, hey, your game's going to be, or your anthem's going to be before the game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was excited, you know, and yeah. then I was just working at home and they were like, hey, if we can get you to the game tonight, you know, could you come? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so at the last second, they, they let us come game and uh shout out to shout out to AJ for hooking us up and uh I took took John Paul because I needed to make sure I knew what was happening during the game <laughs> you know, as, as, as the first official my first official game you know as a member of the team like I really needed to know so I had to have a coach with me uh right on. to tell me what you the dribbling was and the layup was well, did you <laughs> so did you get any marriage proposals yeah that's what I was wondering Nora did you get any marriage proposals? 
no, no marriage proposals, <laughs> thankfully. So we're good. We're good there. So <laughs> now, Rocky, well, will they use? Can they use your your um, your video again for other games? Or is it a one and done? Like they won't use you. I guess they can. Yeah, if they, I, I, theoretically, I don't know that they will because I know they have a lot of people that have, mm-hmm. you know, that they've recorded. Um, but yeah, they could, I guess. So, um, but I know John Paul's got one coming up. So that'll be, be exciting to see his. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him since I took him to the game, he has to take me if he gets to go. So, <laughs> of course. Um, so, yeah. Very so exciting. Yeah. Now, now, when is John Paul's? Do you know? Nope, he doesn't know. And he'll find oh, out okay. like, it'll be like the day day or two before. Before? before. Oh, okay. This, yeah, so. okay. And believe me, Jean-Paul will let the world know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, he will. As he should. It's right. very exciting. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. exciting. All right, ladies, I have a question. Okay. It's a new year. Uh, yeah. Is I said so. <laughs> I sent you all a little text this morning. Yes, she did. Miss Liz, had I if I had your number, I would have sent you also the text. Okay. Because I was reflecting back to a year ago. It was exactly a year ago when you were mm-hmm. with us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And somebody, I'm not going to say names, but Jackie, <laughs> strongly encouraging us, mm-hmm, strongly encouraging us to often make a list. That's great yes. for some people, as long as I'm not that people. I am a fly by the seat of your pants kind of girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I got it up here. It'll come mm-hmm. out here. There we mm-hmm. go. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. And I, last year when we were reflecting on 2019, said, 2020, I'm going to take it as it comes. Yeah. Which turned yeah, out to did. be a really great you motto. You sure did. Yeah, you yes. said it. Yeah, I did. I You get credit. You get credit. Lace affair attitude. Wonderful. There we go. Anyway, so but now (laughs) in making me think about 2020, as we know, I had I had this quote a year ago that I used for the going into 2020. So I'm going to say it again because I think it was a perfect quote then, Mm -hmm. and it's even more fitting now. Life is like a camera. Focus on what's important. Capture the good times, develop from the negatives. And if things don't work out, take another shot. Hmm. I yeah, think it's just yeah, fitting like oh, one year later. Yeah. yeah. You know, that works. It does. So mm-hmm. thinking of ladies taking another shot, this is another shot for another great year because things were just postponed last year. They weren't canceled. They were postponed to 2021. Mm-hmm. In thinking of your year, and you're another shot of this year, what would be one word that you would say is going to be your focus for 2021? Like what word's going to signify your year? Hmm. I'm going to say clarity for me because 2020 was a reset year for me. If I had to pick one word for 2020, it would have been reset. And 2021 is clarity. Does that mean um, you're you're clearer on things? Yes, I'm clear on on I'm more organized and my lists are all organized. <laughs> <laughs> and the list wow, she's got a list for her lists. Are all organized. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I said them really nice in the garbage can. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, come back to me. Okay, Nora, yeah. what's yours? Nora. Um, twenty twenty was my word was shit. <laughs> <laughs> and for twenty twenty one, it's change. Okay. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. That's All what right. it is. I'm right. just peace. I'm I'm pure and simple. I just want peace. I want and peace and great, tranquility. And peace. this is a great time to actually introduce our guests. Our guest, Liz Reed, <laughs> is back with us. I know we kind of just Hi, got guys. That's okay. <laughs> Liz Reed is actually back with us, and she talks to people about life experiences and goals, and largely based on your own your own experiences with life. Oh yeah, I definitely incorporate them. I'm a psychotherapist, so I get all the be- all the bells and whistles and letters behind my name as well, which helps. But definitely, my life has carried more into my field than any amount of schooling ever did. I would and say. your ex- and your expertise is in recovery and change. Well, yes, basically, you know, kind of, you know, that's another thing about change is like, it started in recovery. Like when I went into recovery 18 years ago, that's how this whole ball started rolling, that I was going to be a recovery counselor and work with people in addiction. And then eventually that kind of manifested in life changing, mind changing, changing the way you live and the things that you do. And then it just kind of snowballed into all other directions as well. So it's kind of all encompassing. Let's go with that. Mm. You know, it's, and I think everybody should be that way. You start somewhere and you end up somewhere else because we're always growing. That's the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to keep, keep adding to who we are. Right. Which is perfect when we, when we're selecting our words, as we talk about where we were a year ago and where we're going Mm -hmm. this year. So Rocky, Mm -hmm. what do you have for us? Um, my last year's word was therapeutic <laughs> mm-hmm. and my 2021 word is growth. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Good. Very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. yeah. Very Those good. Those are the perfect words for you, Rocky. Gina, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Gina, what's yours for this year? You know what? Um, mine is probably less deep than yours. Mine is kind of fun. I was trying, I'm trying to decide between like something like either sparkle or shine, like, like something like to move forth and grow, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not, um, kind of lighthearted. So either sparkle or shine, you know, I don't know, something like that. Lighthearted, like I, uh, not real deep, but (laughs) neither am I. So you know know what you get. (laughs) That's deep. Yeah. Gina, Gina, may I point out that I dig how you're rocking the pearls with the with the t-shirt. It is yeah. uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So I she always rocks the pearls. I yeah. always, and so it started many years ago when I was teaching in the classroom, and I would wear pearls, especially when my when principals would say, "Oh, you got to wear this school t-shirt or this whatever," and I, which I call boy clothes, because mm-hmm. I feel like, <laughs> although this is a good t-shirt because you know it's peace, love, and and sparkle or shine, and spark- right? And light. Yeah, I like that. That's perfect. So anyway, so I started wearing Love pearls it. whenever anybody made me wear a t-shirt or boy clothes, I started wearing my pearls and then pearls just became my signature piece that I would oh, always yeah. wear. So I like that. yeah, I like always, that. I often have pearls uh, on. Cool. I like so, that. Thank you. All You're right. very welcome. Mm-hmm. Well, 
So Liz, welcome yes, back. Welcome Thank back. You. This Thank is her friends. third time on the show. Third Three, time, yes. My time. third time on here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah. So, so the first time you were on was January 9th of 2019. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm bringing up that date because if you haven't heard Liz's story, you should go back and listen to that episode. That was a great show. That really was all about you. And then we mm -hmm. you back. It was great. And then we invited you back every January to help the rest of us mm -hmm. <laughs> do what you did. But just to start off, I know we were talking last week, I think it was on the phone. And we were talking about how you set a goal for yourself to um, become a, a licensed psychotherapist by a certain age, and you did it within a certain amount of time, mm -hmm. when we were talking about being stuck and everything else, because the show today is uh, really about, okay, how can we approach this new year different without talking about New Year's resolutions? And also, how do we prepare for uncertainty and when your plan goes is derailed? Mm -hmm. um, because there, there's all different types of people. For some people, last year was just horrible. It was, and I'm not talking about people who have experienced who lost a loved one. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about people that lost a business because rightly so. Mm -hmm. I'm talking mm -hmm. about just everyday people whose plans got off track and they found themselves stuck. But then there mm -hmm. are other people who actually thrived. So mm -hmm. real quick, give us, tell us, just go back to the part where you made a goal for yourself and, and you, you did it by a certain age. Oh, uh, over my life story. Can I quickly add this? It's my niece's birthday. Happy birthday, Riley. I love yeah. you. Okay. Happy birthday. I, I, yes, I dedicate my part of the show to you, girl. Uh, she's 49 today. My niece Aww. is 49. Yes. Anyways, um, so, you know, as far as when I changed my life, you know, um, when I decided to quit drinking and I got sober, I decided that this is going to be my new life plan. Right. And shit fell in my way. So that mm -hmm. was at 40. I was doing well. I went back to school. I was living in Arizona at the time and I went back to school for a couple of years. My marriage was dissolving. I had a lot of uh, damage there in Arizona. I moved back to Michigan. So I had to leave school. Then I was going to go back to school. Right. And my mother was very ill. I was living with her. So that plan changed and mm. I couldn't go back to school because I couldn't leave her alone. So that, and then my husband and I got back together and we moved back here. So talk about changing. And you know, <laughs> it was like, I could have let it completely consume me. It did for a little while, but I knew mm -hmm. what had to be done first. And that was take care of my mother, take care of my family, get resituated in where I wanted to be in Michigan. So after I did that, my husband and I got back together. Then I went back to school when I was 46. And so when I was 46, I just started putting together this plan in my head. How long is it going to take me to get out of school? Well, if I do really well, you know, in my undergrad, then I can go to advanced standing for my master's degree. So that only I'll do all that in four years. And by the time I'm 50, I'll be uh, out of school. And mm -hmm. then by the time I have completed my test, which is this ridiculously horrid test I had to take uh, for my master's, which will kill you. It's I, I, I literally I had straight A's at U of M and at Michigan State in, uh, in the top one percent of my graduating class. And it took me four times to pass this test. I mean, <gasps> wow. It was uh, 
unbelievable. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. there's uh, when you go in, there's like a full cavity search. I mean, they take a palm oh, wow. print. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. You can't have your own Kleenex. You can't oh, have gum. Wow. You can't wow. do anything. You're in a pod. There's people staring. You can't go to the bathroom. Oh, if they take your God. phone and put it in a metal sleeve in a locker, you can do nothing. So you're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> this was all so, before COVID. So can you imagine what it's like now? Yeah. yeah, I can only imagine. And you go in there and you can't do anything. It's 175 questions. It takes four hours to do. And oh my God. every question oh. is right. Every answer is right. But there's only one that's better than the rest. Mm. Okay, they don't teach you that in school. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So it took a while to get through that. I was like, okay, the test is going to take me down and kill me. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to make it. But I just kept pressing on. It took two years to get that done. But in those two years, you had to have 4,000 hours of, of work, actual work time as well. So I have a master's in social work. All right. So that's just for that degree. I mean, I know people think we're just burping babies and passing out turkeys, but it's far more. There's a lot more to it, right? What made you not give up? What made you say, well, forget this, t- this, t- I'm not doing it anymore. You Trust know, after, me, the, Nora, after the first time, you know, Nora, honey, I, I missed it by six. The first time I missed it oh, by wow. 10, the second, the third time I missed it by two. And mm. I'm like, because you can only take it every six months. Oh, okay. wow. And there's five different tests. Wow. So that test is like the last test. So oh, my goodness. it was more of, uh, damn it, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing this. I'm mm-hmm. going to pass this because there was no other way around it. Where was I going to take all this education and throw it out the window? All these right. student loans and throw them out mm-hmm. the window? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No way. I'm going to make this work so I can go into private practice. So the mm-hmm. ultimate goal was private practice. Okay. So when I finally passed it, I, I passed in. Okay. When you fail, it, it, a big thing comes up the instantaneously. It says fail. Okay. Mm. You pass. It's this big. It says pass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the button. It said pass. And I immediately started sobbing. They had to like, oh, I don't blame me out you. of there. I, I don't blame like, you. The relief <laughs> because this was my whole life for my husband. Cause my husband's disabled, which I know I've mentioned before. And so I'm the primary income. So I had to be like escorted out of there sobbing and crying. They're like, okay, lady, it's like a test. You know, I'm like, you don't know. You don't know what I've been through, right? Okay. So we got that done. I, I, I passed that and then just kept working and then made the small, set small goals for myself. So I, I, my original goal was by the time I'm 60, I want to be in private practice. Well, I blew that by, by four or five years. I will years. go upstairs next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I blew it by five, four or five I'm years. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Saying, I'm sorry, Liz. I'm at my sister's house and okay. she just, she just came in here and flashed me. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she told me to let you know that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I wish I could have seen it live. Well, Come on, if you're going to do it, do it right, girl. Tell her that. Come on, don't be shy. They said if you're going to do it, do it live. <laughs> yeah, I'm open-minded. Absolutely. I'm a social worker. I accept everything. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's Liz. all right. That's right. So anyways, in, in private practice, just, just kind of set it for myself, but I'm way ahead of schedule now. So I'm kind of like, what's my next move, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that that's where it was. Well, what what, I, ask me, what I love about your story. Well, 
I was going to say, what I love about the story is that you were 46. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you figured out you were ready to do something completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. Because last year, so many people, like I said, um, sort of either were stuck or um, were mm-hmm. questioning their path. Um, yeah. Before that, you were a chef. You were doing other things. How did you mm-hmm. know it was time to try something different? Well, I, I was a very successful chef in, in Phoenix, in Arizona, in the Scottsdale area. I, I was a, a private chef to the attorney general. I was mm-hmm. uh, taught uh, culinary arts for Sir Latab and Germaine Monte, or, excuse me, Sir Latab and uh, Sonoma Williams. I, I did very well for myself. So it wasn't like that career faded out or anything. I was doing extremely well. But it was really hard on me because I've been in the restaurant business forever and ever. So it was really tough on my knees and my back and so forth. And then my husband got sick. He Mm. has always had a heart problem for forever and ever. And then in 2005, he had another heart attack. He's been having him since he was like 34 years old. And um, thank God he hasn't had one since 2005. But it's been one thing after another. Talk about shitty years. These last Mm. couple of years have been really bad for me. And I am willing to talk about any of it with any of you and with my patients because I, 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 I do it. I live it. I know it. Right. Mm. And so at that point in my life, when my husband was sick and we decided to get back together and he was going to move back to Michigan here and we bought this home out in the country that we love. Um, I'm like, I got to do something that I can do forever. And I've always mm. wanted to be a therapist, always wanted to. So I'm like, what's, and through all my therapy, I remember asking my therapist, Sylvia Hernandez, who saved my life, you know, what are those letters behind your name mean? She said, that's a master's in social work. And I said, if I do that, I can, I can do be in private practice and it depends on the state. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I, and, and, and let me add this, which is vitally important. And I talked to all of my patients about this. I was held back in the first grade after my father was killed in a plane crash. And when I was six years old, I was held back. My mother thought she was doing me a favor because I was really kind of off the rails, kind of like, what's going on? You know, I wasn't in touch with school. And that was probably the worst thing she could have done. God love her. She was trying to do the best thing for all of us, five kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I was the last of the litter, the baby. And what it did is it just breeded insecurities. I feel stupid. I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm so dumb. I, you know, I can't. And that was the year that they put first and second graders together in the classroom the following year. So all my peers were in the second grade and I was in the first again. So I'm like, I'm just stupid. That's all, that was all I could think. I'm just a dumb dime. I'm an idiot. And so one of the reasons why I drank while I sa- was sad, why I cried in my, you know, if you want to call it crying in your vodka or whatever I would do, which most people do when they're upset, is I would go back to the fact that I didn't have an education, that I, I was smart, that I wanted an education. I wanted an education. And after through therapy and realizing that that was the biggest problem, that I didn't have a, an education, and that's what I really wanted, then I would be able to grow and feel better about myself. And I was accurate in that. Because, well, you know, go ahead. We, we I remember us um, asking you, and I don't remember if it was on the first show, it probably was, that uh, what made you, you know, what was the thing that made you go to therapy? What you know, because most people won't, you know, still sure. in this day and age, even with people, you see the commercials all the time with prominent figures saying, you know, therapy's good. You know, it's nothing wrong with it. Right. There's no stigma to it, but people mm-hmm. still won't do it, you know. So mm-hmm. right. what made you decide to take that first step? 
Well, when I got sober, um, when I got sober, I felt like somebody had ripped a scab off my entire body and I was just Mm -hmm. a shaking open wound. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you look at alcohol or drugs, it is a bandaid over a gunshot wound, right? It is just there to try to help keep your shit together. And, um, my shit still wasn't together after I, after I quit drinking, I'm like, okay, now I don't have my Bodo, my, my, uh, my blanket, you know, my thing that helps me to calm down and feel better. And I was, and I was just so, you know, I was saying to myself, I, I need somebody to help me figure out why I think and feel this way. I need that help. And then I also have had that groovy kind of, kind of like witchy poo kind of like you know, type mentality anyways. Like mm-hmm. I remember saying, how does a, that monk sit on that mountain in a sheer outfit and meditate for three hours and his temperature remains the same? 98.6. That's all mental. How does mm-hmm. he do that? I need to learn to change my mind and the way I think. So I started, I, I'm like, I'm going to go to a therapist and see what she has to say. And God love her. I found a good one, which is, can be very hard for a lot of people to find a good therapist. That's why I say, right. Look for, keep looking. If you don't like who you're with and you don't mesh with them, find somebody else. And she was really, really good. And she really helped. She never criticized me. She never judged me. She let me vent. Mm. And I was having trouble with my husband and my stepdaughter who was there and baby mama, ex-baby mama and that bullshit. You know how all that goes. Mm -hmm. And um, she just helped me to sort and figure out what I needed to do, which is a huge misconception that people have. They think you go to a therapist and they have all the answers immediately. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. have to purge. You, you know, I call that every time I get a new patient, I'm like, this is your purging process. I, I'm, I'm a private investigator. I'm going to pick around through your shit and figure out what is holding you back. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to know what it is. And asking your friends and family what's wrong. Right. Ask, uh, yeah. Asking your friends and family what's wrong. They're going to, they're going to put their intimate feelings into there and say, Oh, you've always been that way, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Oh, the same old bullshit. You've always said the same thing. Just buck up. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, you know, and with me, I'm like, Hmm, uh, you know, why is that? Why do you think she'd say that to you? What's the truth in that statement? You know, why do you think she's saying that to you? Why are you internalizing that and taking that as, you know, so, you know, valid truth about who you are as a person. Why are you not picking that apart and figuring out where those words are coming from? Right. Is it be, it's because it's the family, right? Saying yeah. it because you don't. We all do, have our yeah. role. We all right. have our role in our family. What were you going to say, mm-hmm. Jackie? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, I was just going to say, how do you go about investigating? Like, how do you go about figuring out? Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess I should ask, what? Like what should, what do people need to look for to find a good therapist? Because I think um, I I do believe in therapy and I think a good therapist can make a big difference, but I also mm -hmm. think a bad therapist can really F it up. And I've heard some wild stories, girl. I mean, some wild stuff, like my hair's on fire. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, literally was sleeping with their patients. I mean, Mm. it's like absolutely horrendous. Well, I only advertise on psychology today. I recommend that to everybody. There's a big bio in there that says who I am, what I am, what Mm. I believe in and what I don't believe in. And that is your most accurate way to look at things. Go into psychology today. Look through the you put it, fill out a few filters and look at what you what you want in a therapist, what you what kind of person you want. And if uh, they don't hit all those markers, move on to somebody else, you know, but for me, I'm painfully mm-hmm. honest, painfully honest in mind. And so when I'm dissecting mm, through somebody's life, it's just talking, 
You know, it's like, wow, you know what? You brought that up a few times. Who is this Ron guy? You know, mm. what, what's up? You brought him up a few times. Oh, yeah. you know, nobody, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or I've already done that, been through that. I'm all over that. I'm like, oh, pinpoint. Okay, let me <laughs> drop that down. We'll get back mm-hmm. to that, that kind of thing. And for most of us, it is some inconsequential thing that happened at some point in our life or accumulative issues that happened or trauma that happened that we didn't even think was the problem. And then as we move on and we talk about it and I help you to analyze it from a different direction, they're like, Oh my God, wow. I never thought of it like that. Can you look back in your your life and, and see then when you started drinking, obviously that like what, what, what it was, what was yeah. trigger? Do you, do you mm-hmm. recall that? Do you associate that with your own life? Well, I'll, there's several different addicts and alcoholics. Okay. So I was a functioning alcoholic. I came from an Irish Catholic family. We all drank. Everybody drank. Five o'clock was cocktail hour and you went to work. That was, that was the norm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, was, it was not a problem. Um, yeah. And I was in the restaurant business mm-hmm. and a chef. So drinking mm-hmm. was absolutely normal. It, but it took a turn when I married my husband and I lived in Arizona and all of his drama, as I said, his whole Louis Vuitton set of bullshit baggage hit mm-hmm. me in the face that it got bad for two years. It was mm-hmm. really bad. I and, was like, yeah, and you know what, Liz, I think that's important for our listeners to hear because lots of people much like you say, Oh, that's my family history. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm in the business. My family does this. It's cocktail yes. hour. Right. Mm-hmm. And much like you, there's nothing wrong with that, but they yeah. don't see where it derails and becomes when it's right. Wrong. Something else. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you were to ask me, I don't have an addictive personality. So like addictive personality is different than somebody who's addicted to something at that point in time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not like I, if I don't have, if I don't have alcohol, now I'm focusing on sex or shopping or spending money or eating, or that's right. not how I, that's an addictive personality. For me, it was a, well, like I said before, a Band-Aid to a gunshot wound. I was like, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of um, things going on, Is a lot of phone calls. Uh, His ex-wife was dragging the police into it. His daughter was like a double agent. Uh, She Mm -hmm. she was like seven years old. And, uh, you know, by the time I left, she was 14. And it, it was just like, okay. I've never dealt with anything like this. I don't have any children. You know, I've never mm-hmm. dealt with this. I don't get this. And so cocktail hour got earlier and earlier. It was like, bro, <laughs> time for a wine, time for mm-hmm. a wine. Next thing you know, it's like I'm drunk and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, this is bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember finally saying to myself, these people are going to kill me. I'm allowing them to mm-hmm. kill me. I'm allowing their shit rolling over onto me to take me out. And that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I think that's an important point to share with our, our people don't, you know, people think that it's one thing and they don't realize that it's a, it's an action over time. It's a repeated action, continuous action over time that Mm -hmm. started off as harmless that mm-hmm. it ended up in harm as harmful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, my stepdaughter comes from a, um, her mother, they have a very addictive family. So 50% of it is biological and the other 50% is situational. The situation mm-hmm. you find yourself in, right? So if you have a family history of addiction, the chances of you take, picking up one of those addictions is at least 50%, right? So yeah. I used to always say to my stepdaughter, if you never try it, you'll never miss it. Okay, if you never start using it as mm-hmm. a coping mechanism, you'll never miss it. 
Mm. And and that's one of the things that people do. They think they can handle it, but you can't handle it. Mm -hmm. If I'd never picked it up, I probably would have been fine. But, uh, you know, hardcore drinking most of your life because that's what you do. Plus, let me add this. I had severe panic attacks. They started when I was 19, like everybody else in my family. I was whale watching in California. Now that was fun, right? I had my first mm-hmm. panic attack in the middle of the ocean. I oh, was like, wow. ah, what's going on? You know what I mean? And doctors later and everything else, and they wouldn't prescribe anything to help you with panic attacks at that time. So what's a sedative? Alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was in the restaurant business. So-and-so at the bar, mm-hmm. give me a shot, you know, give me, you know, and I'd be fine. It would just chill me out and make me normal. But that's what a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, when we're children, we self-soothe, right? Mm -hmm. You'll pick up your blanket, you'll suck your thumb, you'll do something, you know, roll roll around to calm yourself down. Then as we get older, somebody introduces us to alcohol or drugs and we're like, this is the bomb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And fast, right? Uh And that uh just sets the ball in motion and keeps the dragon alive, as I call it. The whole goal is to keep the dragon suppressed. So it's been 18 years for me now. I mean, I would never drink again, God willing, you know, but I, it's, it's just because of all the benefits and the wonderful things that have happened for me because Mm -hmm. I have maintained my sobriety for sure. I wish everybody felt that way. Yeah. I wish everybody felt that way. You know, I'm, I was going to say, I wish everybody felt that way. (laughs) I know. And instead of looking at it as a loss, I look at it as the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it is hands down. Did you find it harder in 2020 to to stay sober? Oh God, no, no, I'm way past all that. No, they're like, it's, I'm, I'm one of those people that's an all or nothing. I try to work on my gray area, but it's like that, that I know, I know from the work I do from working on the psych wards to working at the addiction facilities, to working with community health, mental health, to working in private practice with the best psychiatrists I knew in Michigan, that that is a one way ticket to hell. That's why so many people that pick up again, the guilt, the shame takes them over and they'll end up committing suicide. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not worth it. You know, and God love my husband. He's like, you know, you weren't that bad. You could have a glass of wine. I'm like, shut the hell up. Oh, hey, I was going to ask that question about your husband. Um, if he drinks or if he tries to get you to drink, cause you know, the most thing they say about, um, alcoholics, they're like, well, you can't hang around those same people or drug addicts or whatever. And it's like, if you're still around the same people, when you're trying to quit, how are you going to quit? You know? And, mm-hmm. and cause, cause they're always out there saying, well, you could just have one, you know, you'll be okay. And you know, that sure. kind of thing. Sure. You know what? Um, so that doesn't work, right? You can just have one right. because that just wakes right. the dragon up again. And we're back mm-hmm. on spinning our, wheel, our hamster wheel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband will have a beer here or there. It's no big deal. I mean, if he was a heavy drinker, there's no way we could be together because I don't want to be mm-hmm. around that. Not that I want to drink, but I, I don't right. want to be around that. You mm-hmm. know how they get when they're drinking mm-hmm. and hanging on you. I love you. I love you. Know. And they're drunk <laughs> and stupid. You know, choking. Oh, I can't stand. It's like, get the hell off me. I can't either. I can't. Oh, quit oh, breathing on me. I get the hell off. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that's, that doesn't work for me, but you know, if he has a beer here or there, that's okay. But I could never be with somebody who did, mm-hmm. did drink a lot, mm-hmm. you know, but I lost friends. 
I did lose. I did. I wasn't uncomfortable around them. They were uncomfortable around me Uh because I make them feel bad, even though I'm not trying. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had I've gone out with friends. That's, you know, part of the reason why my good friend of 40 years, we ended our relationship is we would come home after being uh, up in Mackinac Island, go back to her place. And the next morning she started telling me everything I did wrong. I'm like, how would you know you were smashed? <laughs> I'm saying this to myself though. I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm sorry I was up at seven and I was outside and walking around because I didn't drink anything last night. You're feeling right. guilty because you were, you know, mm-hmm. you had five bottles of champagne with people. You know, I mean, I don't don't blame me because I'm not drinking, but a lot of people do. They it makes them feel bad about themselves. Right. Well, you know, my my dad was an alcoholic and it's like, you know, growing up seeing that I had said at an early age that I was never going to be like that. Mm-hmm. So even now, it's like if I have a drink or whatever, it's like I'm real cautious about yeah. having more, you know, and if I get tipsy, Jackie and Rocky, <laughs> if I get yeah. a little tipsy and stuff, I'll it's try to like, <laughs> And it, it, it makes me, um, you know, once, once I think about it or I wake up the next day and it's like, okay, can't do that again. You know, that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's my brother, um, that was two years older than me. He since passed away, but he became an alcoholic. And like you said, Mm -hmm. the 50%, because it's, it's like out of all seven kids, I always thought about, um, as I was growing up, who, would be that like my dad, I would mm-hmm. think about that a, a lot. And mm-hmm. I never thought it would have been him. Mm-hmm. But you know, he had a lot of trauma in his life and stuff. And that was like you said, the coping mechanism and the, the dragon mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. So. And, and you know, what's interesting, Nora is so either just like in uh, child abuse, which like, like beating your children is a learned behavior, uh, physical abuse with your uh, wife or spouse is a learned behavior. Um, you will either kids will go to it that mm-hmm. learn behavior that they learned from their yeah. parents or they will run the other way. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's divided right within families. Mm-hmm. Like we, like most everybody in my family has had their issues with alcohol, except for my sister, my oldest sister, but all of us have had trouble with alcohol and um, drugs at some point, but everybody's clean, you know, got it together now, but most families aren't fortunate enough like that. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody. Have you had to counsel any of your family members or will they even let you or will they listen to you? Are you kidding me? No. No, first of all, I'm not supposed to. It's illegal. But, you know, I mean, you'd be. No, no, I don't mean like that. I mean, just, you know, just in passing, like, you you know, they might call you and say, you know, this is what's going, you know, what do you think or something like that? Will they they listen to you? I'm yeah, the baby the- of the family. Who's the baby of the family here? We know nothing. Doesn't matter how many degrees I have. I'm an idiot. Okay. I'm the baby of the family. Nobody gives a damn what I have to say, unless they desperately need me, unless it's a critical situation. Then it's like, call Liz, you know? Yeah. Now Rocky, what, what were you saying, Rocky? Oh, uh, I, I honestly, I think I lost my train. We got, we, it, that's okay. The timing of everything yeah. with us, you guys is- but um, just in 2020, they like they've they, there's been a rise in, in the amount of people going to therapy. Like there's been yeah. a statistic that came out that you know that that's been an increase. Um, with the opposite end of that spectrum, with some people seeking therapy and other people self medicating. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that trend will continue as people start to come out of this, 
or are we going to see a rise in, in addiction? I think that we're probably going to see a rise in addiction. And I'll tell you why, because we're seeing a horrendous rise in teenage suicide right now. Mm -hmm. We have a huge problem that was on its way up from the get-go with heroin and teenage suicide and addiction and babies having babies and families raising each other and their parents aren't home. Don't get me on my soapbox. It's a huge problem. Kids are not connected to their parents and excuse me, that was a big problem anyways. You you know, you heard a lot about suicide in young adults and the heroin epidemic, right? And Mm -hmm. so now that we're in this and people are at home, nobody really has anywhere to go or anything to do. It's going to take a long time. We're going to add that layer on what people are already struggling with. And it's going to be difficult. One of the things is like we were originally talking about, like the law of attraction, Jackie, that you and I were talking about. Yeah is mm-hmm. like like how it manifests in your life and that's part of what I constantly put in tell my patients about and talk about myself. This isn't about money, it's not about what you get. It's it's about being able to have radical acceptance about the shit that comes your way. You're like, "Okay, didn't expect that curveball. That sucks. Right now I think I'm going to cry, I'm going to freak out for a little bit, but I'm going to understand it, absorb it." And know that there's nothing I can do about it. Like if you look at the radical acceptance we all have to have right now with with the pandemic, it's like you have no choice. Right. This is the way things are. So Mm -hmm. you must calm down. You must figure out a way to cope. You must figure out a way to radically accept your situation. Now, why can't we do that with every other thing that's going on in our life? That's what we need to do. When, When you're on your path, which I call the law of attraction and the universe working for you. When you're on your path and doing the right thing, good things just happen to fall your way. They do. Mm-hmm. They, 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 you can tell when you're off your path, when that ex-boyfriend, I'm going to use that as an example, calls and you start going over there to that who is verbally abusive and you feel yourself kind of being sidetracked or saying yes to things you don't want to say yes to, like family members you don't like doing, going out of your way. And then you feel stressed, uh-huh. right? Yes. That's when you have to reel yourself back in and get back on your path and shuffle along. Mm-hmm. Okay. Slightly all of a sudden dump truck. Okay. What's this shit? Oh no. You know, this is a major deal. Someone's died in the family. Something's happened. Yeah. So there's been cheating and cheating divorce. L- please let's not go there. It's horrendous. It's like uh, over the top right now. Yeah. So when that stuff comes to you, that's when you have to go. You can feel those feelings. You have to feel all these feelings. That's the first thing I need to tell you is you have a right to cry. You have a right to feel bad. You have a right to sit there and wallow in your own bullshit for a day if you need to, depending on the severity of the problem. And then you got to go, okay, all right. Mm -hmm. So how do we cope with this? How do Mm -hmm. I cope with this? This may not feel comfortable to me to cope with this or to move on and stay on my path, but I'm going to for self-survival and to keep the peace of mind that I need in my brain. Peace of mind is peace in life. Peace in life is peace of mind. If you want to be able to sleep, you've got to have peace of mind. Mm -hmm. If you want to be able to cope with your life, you have to have a peaceful life. That's why peace is my only goal for 2021. Mm-hmm. Although I'm yeah. only going to be 60, right. which by the way, I'm having a facelift in August. I can't wait. And I had a nose job. Oh, Did you guys you know I had a nose job? No, I didn't know. I had, oh yeah. It's still healing. I'll, it's still healing. Anyways, we'll get back oh, wow. to that. Do whatever the hell you want. If you want yep. a nose job, you want to have a facelift. You want to go see some friends. I'm with you, you Liz. I'm pie. with you. 
I'm with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to eat a piece of pie. You want to have a good time. I'm uh, my goal is to die broke. Okay, really. Uh, there's ain't nothing <laughs> left for nobody. Uh, it's right. just the way it is. <laughs> you understand me? We're gonna die broke. No, we're not. Okay, Chris, let's go back because yes. um, you said something. Uh, well, all of what you just said is is so mm-hmm. profound. But yes, uh, you know, because it, it wasn't just about. It's not just a pandemic. So the pandemic affected everybody, but sure. when everybody has shit, yeah, at some point in their mm-hmm. life, and sometimes it's not so bad. Sometimes it's really bad. But yes. I think the the thing there is what you said earlier is go ahead and cry, go ahead and be upset. Mm-hmm. You can you can be depressed. You can go ahead and mm-hmm. take whatever time you need. But stop taking it personally, I think, because it's yeah. not what's happening to you, but mm-hmm. what's happening for you, because mm-hmm. everybody has shit, right? Exactly. And and on a personal note, I just came out of the one of the worst things I've ever been through in my life. My stepdaughter has pretty much oxed me out of her life, okay, oh, wow. for for. A lot of different reasons. Um, she, I've raised her since she was seven years old. Nothing could have hurt me more than that hurt me. Nothing wow. could have hurt me more than that. We're talking, but it's, it's her issue. I know this. I'm a therapist. I know exactly what's going on. I know her whole drama and what she's doing right now and why I was a scapegoat. I get all that, but still it didn't help me to feel any better. It was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And I would just cry and be upset. And there was no answer and there was no way to fix it. And I had absolutely no control. And I just one day looked at my husband and said, I I can't cry anymore. Okay. That's it. It's done. It is what it is. I'm going to accept that this child that I raised, it was her only mother really doesn't want much to do with me and wants to only be with the guy she's with now. Mm. And I'm going to be okay with that. She's 29. Now I have to be okay with that. Yeah. And that was personally the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. And it changed me. It changed me. And, and I, I implore anybody who goes through something like that, quit fighting it. Quit trying to find an answer. Yeah. Well, I could have sat there all for a month going, what's the problem? Why do you feel mm-hmm. that way? You know, that's not true. You love mm-hmm. me. I love you. What are you doing? What are you doing? You say, well, you know, what's going, no, leave it alone. This is what it is. She made her point clear. I get it. It hurts like hell. I want to roll over and die, but I'm not going to, but every mm-hmm. day, what I do know, it will get better. It will get better. And that was like, that was like six months ago. So I'm, a, you know, I've, I've survived. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I will be okay. How did, it change you? How did it change you? That, you know, I just felt that it was like one of the best things that I could ever teach my patients that if I could survive that, because anytime yeah. t- you take a personal attack, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. She was claiming that I was too strict on her when she was a child because I used to make her read. It's stupid. Okay. I, it's really <laughs> dumb. All right. We won't even get into <laughs> It's a new guy yeah. and the whole thing. And I'm like, what, what, what? Okay. I don't, how am I an abuser? What did I do? And uh, okay. So, but she involved everyone. But what I thought to myself is that, you know, this is, you have to analyze that that is their, their problem. Where, what is their truth? What are, why are they doing this? And it changed right. me in the fact that I was, I said to myself, if I can endure that kind of pain, it was like a death. It was like a death to me. She's 29. I've been with her since she was seven. 
that if mm-hmm. I can endure that pain, I can, I can handle just about anything, anything. because yeah. there was no way I was going to keep calling or begging or asking mm-hmm. or trying to figure it out. Right. Don't we just sit and wring our wrists constantly? You know, I treat women all the time, mostly women that tell me one of their kids is shit all over them or done this or blocked them out because they're with a new man or they don't want this. And I'm like, you know, you got to just retract, leave them alone. This is your path. That's their path. If this is what they choose to do, that's what they choose to do. There is nothing that you can do to change it. And the more you push, right? And I talk about this all the time. The more you push the universe to give you what you want, Hmm. you'll get it, but it'll come at a cost. Oh boy. That's okay. I like that one. Yeah. Yep. Think about it. Think about it. Like think about an extreme situation. You push, push, push. Cause you want to be with this guy. Some girl does this. She gets pregnant deliberately. Oh, ooh, I missed my period. Yeah. Oh, well, I, my, my mistake. But if she gets the guy, cause he does the right thing. He's going to resent and hate her for the rest of his life. She'll have yep. him. Yep. Right. But he's going to resent right. and hate her. A job that you had to have, had to have. Well, you might get in there, but everybody might resent you. So mm-hmm. what you need to do when I talk about people wait for a life to fall on their heads with the universe, right? right. It's not <laughs> what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. You got to do your part, uh-huh. right? You got to do your part. You got to put one foot in front of the other. Oh, that looks good. That'll help me. Let me add that to my little path. Oh, that'll help me. Oh, that's off my path. Get away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely the good things start to fall your way. You're, you're, you have the ability to create your life but you can't force it. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that we say that we want, but maybe it's not, maybe it's not what you need. Wow. Well, how do you, how do you, how do you know that? How do you know when your goals are aligned with your values? Everything comes together easily. Mm-hmm. It's not like mm-hmm. everybody thinks I've been going at this for six years. <laughs> yeah. like, that is, that is, that means that you're going to get it. Well, maybe it wasn't meant to be there in the first place. It just wow. like like relationships. Let's look at relationships. I have girls all the time going, well, he cheated on me, but I took him back. And then we go back together and then he does this and he does that. No, honey, it should be easy. You know where he is, yeah. calls you back, yeah. he picks up the phone when you, you know, you're, you just kind of meld together and it's easy. It's not a big, long involved ordeal. And it, that's the way it should be with uh, your, the jobs you take, mm-hmm. people, yeah. you know, it shouldn't right. be taxing. That's why I'm so, you know, jiggy with tribes, picking your own tribe. And your tribe may not be your nuclear family. Right. It may be people that are complete strangers that make you feel good. Right? right. So you're my talking tribe. About Christmas. That's my yep. tribe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you were talking about Christmas. You were talking about Christmas. Why does everybody spend all these holidays with people they can't stand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Uncle Joe's got to come because he always has. You know, he's an asshole, but he'll be there. Right. No. And, you know, my mom's going to say this or my dad's going to say that. Mm-hmm. I'll be crying five minutes into the whole ordeal. But God damn it, we're having a ham. Okay. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. Oh my God. Liz, I love you. I love you. I love you. Liz, what's going to be one piece of advice that you offer us to move in, in the rest of 21? What, what's the first step we should take? The first step you need to take is slow down and think about what you're doing. 
And if it doesn't come easy to you, it wasn't meant to be. And that doesn't mean you don't fight for your life. It means just let it, put it out there and let it come to you. Quit fighting so hard. I want to ask something along with what Gina just asked. Um, after you do that and you think about it and you, you sort of reset, what are some steps that you can do, uh, like baby steps that you can start with just to start shifting your mindset so that you can start on a new journey of creating new habits and, okay. and start getting out of that? Because it's very difficult when you're in that struggle to, to be able to vision a different future. It's Absolutely. very difficult. Absolutely. So, so what are very, what are baby steps? Very baby steps, which I force all of my patients to do this. They're like, Liz, that's so stupid. I'm I'm so depressed. I'm gonna I want to go put a gun in my mouth. And I'll say, I don't care. You're gonna do this for me. Just for one week. One week. And the first thing is a schedule. You're gonna get up at the same mm-hmm. time. You're gonna eat at this time. You're going to exercise. Everybody has to exercise. I don't care if you, I don't lose any weight. I don't give a shit, but I exercise four days a week. Okay. Because of the (laughs) mental, what it does Mm -hmm. for the serotonin in the brain, right? Mm -hmm. Make your bed. You want to talk about the most basic thing in the world? Make your bed every day. That is the beginning of your day. It's a psychological thing. That's why they introduced this in the military. You have to immediately go in and make your bed, make your bed this is your next part of your schedule is, is, is clutter. Reduce all the clutter, right? A cluttered mind is a cluttered home. Mm-hmm. So every time you get rid of anything around your house, you, that helps you to feel better. I always know when I'm going through a moment, which I do, I'm, I'm not infallible. Okay. I have my times. It's like, Time to clean out. Okay, I'll get rid of a shitload of tchotchkes around the house. Put it in the I put it in the barn so that I can go back if I decide to. I need some nurturing and I need more things around me, right? So it's about reducing the clutter, making your bed, exercising, scheduling your day. I'm going to eat at this time. Everybody who's dieting and starving themselves to death are eating so much fat on keto that their brain is about to explode. Forget it. Everything in moderation. Feel good. Okay. Feel good. Your brain needs to be pliable. You need to be pliable. Roll with the punches. Just if you make a schedule, that small step and start making your bed. If you eat at this time, exercise at this time, go to bed at a certain time. All you young adults, I'm just throwing it out there. Quit going to bed at four o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. What kind of life is that? You start your day at three? No. And I don't mean to sound like an old lady, but I mean, it's not good for you mentally. And so this small schedule and knowing and, and, you know, arranging your time and reducing the clutter and exercise, which is so important, making your bed are the smallest things you can do for the biggest changes in your life. And especially, wow. And plus meditation, you know, I feel about meditation. It's the greatest invention. Those are all free. Those are all free. free. Everything's free. Yes. So there's no excuse. Those are very simple clear steps. Thank you for that. You're very uh, Liz, welcome. Liz, how can people find you? I'm on psychology today. Um, Liz Reed, I'm in Lapeer County, but everything is telemedicine right now. So um, you can find my number on psychology today. Send me an email um, on the number. You can also text me. I'm always available to my patients. Even I take um, you know cash or insurance and I'm always available to my patients, even on the days that they're not seeing me. I think it needs to be an open dialogue all the time. So um, you can easily. That's find why me we love you. 
That's well, I love you. you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank <laughs> you very, very much. When are you going to go back to your podcast show? Because Liz, as soon as it opens, when's mm-hmm. it opening? Okay. Well, you can do Zoom. I'm not sure yet. We'll yeah, I know. I love having uh, my girls. Uh, my co-host does not like being in front of the camera. But yes, I do have a podcast. <laughs> There's plenty of them on there under my business name, which is Liz Life Guru. That is me, and um, they're on Podcast Detroit and wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, Liz, thank you so yeah, thank much. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Restaurants are opening February 1st, so we got to get back together and have lunch. I'm going right to crash okay. your crash yep. your lunch. All right. <laughs> thank you, Liz. I love it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. No, no um, fortune cookie. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yes. He's waiting. All, All right. right. Go ahead. I have it. It says, oh, always perfect. You will <laughs> soon be the center of attention. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were going viral. Yes. <laughs> the center That's of attention. Your own attention. Huh? Yeah. There we go. The center of your own attention. As you make your bed, stay on a schedule. Yep. Exercise. 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 I down. Reduce your clutter. Yes. Yes. All right. That means get rid of those lists. No, that's how it is. Taking it as it comes, ladies. Taking yeah. it as it comes. Yeah. And remember, remember, sometimes the only mode of transportation available is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith. Have a great week. Thank you, Liz. Happy holidays. Bye. 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 See you next week. Bye.